Hi, and welcome to episode 38 of No Crying in Baseball. It's the ugly shirt episode. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. And is it ever? I should have brought my sunglasses. Like, that is one bright, ugly shirt that you got there. I'm going to tell you more about the shirt later. I'm just going to say right now that we're keeping it away from open flames because I don't think that, um, I think safety first and none of the shirt was found in nature at any point. You know, I'm good with that. And in the past, we've talked about an ugly shirt, sort of, that I had, my Ellsbury Red Sox shirt that went to Value Village. And you know what happened to me on Twitter today? Tell me. They suggested that I follow Ellsbury. And I'm thinking, do do you know me? Twitter suggested that? Twitter is so wrong. Twitter is so wrong. But I do have a lot to say about the Red Sox and Yankees. Surprising no one ever. Surprising no one ever. (laughs) That is so true. But I have an excuse. I have a double excuse. All right. So first... First of all, we're in the middle of a killer series this weekend, tied at 1-1. Each game, has, each game, each, damn it, each team uh, has won a game so far, and there's another one tonight. So I have to be super careful about what I said. No Say, jinxing? No jinxing. And to be even more careful, on our podcast today, we have a special guest, and we have invited a Yankees fan to be with us. And it is Alfredo Alvarez from his own podcast, Con las Bases Llenas, which means with the bases loaded, for those of you who do not speak Spanish. The podcast is in Spanish. I recommend that you listen to it regardless because of the fun energy. And we're going to be calling Alfredo now to get his input about this series to balance things off a little bit in the case that my reporting could be slightly biased. I've been accused of that. Not by me ever. And now we'd like to welcome Alfredo Alvarez from Con Las Bases Llenas podcast. That's with the bases loaded for those of our listeners who are not bilingual. And hey, Alfredo, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Patty? We're doing all right. I like that. It's like a nickname of a nickname. I'm just Patty instead of Patty now. It's going to be confusing. Okay. Hi, hi there. I, I'm Patty. I'm actually the other coast. You got Patty and Potty. So we'll try to keep that clear. Right. The pronunciation. Okay, Patty and Potty then. It's a little bit difficult. But and it's all about the party too. Oh man. Oh. It's all about the party, of course. Yeah. We've got all these words going on around, and and um, the the first thing I wanted to ask you about a little bit with con las bases llenas is that at, when I listen to your podcast and then I listen to MLB podcast, right? I kind of feel like I do when I go back and forth between Telemundo for the Mundial, for the World Cup, and <laughs> Fox, right? So Telemundo, it feels like there's a goal going to happening, gonna be happening any minute, something exciting is going on. And then you listen to Fox and it's kind of like listening to golf, right? So your <laughs> yes. podcast has that feeling. You've got like this energy. You've got this spice to it. What do you think brings that thank to your you. show? Well, you thank you so much. I guess it's kind of like, you know, we all Cubans are very loud. So <laughs> we're always like in party mode and we're always like, you know, we yell a little and uh, we're always happy, you know. Um, and I, I'm always very happy too because baseball makes me happy. And I think that baseball is a medicine that makes everybody happy, you know. So you have to kind of like make the people that is listening to your podcast feel happy that they are listening to a podcast, they are listening to baseball news, they are, you know, they are finding out what's going on in the world of baseball because, you know, in the world today, with all the, you know, working and driving and all of that, when you have like 30 minutes or 40 minutes to listen to a podcast, it's great. It relaxes you and it gives you a lot of information that probably during the day you don't have. Right, and And you you want to escape. Because you'll be busy. So, yeah, pretty much that's why. Yeah, (laughs) and you want to escape, you want to get away from it all. 
So, <laughs> so um, Potty Mouth tells me you're a big Yankees fan. Uh-oh. How did that happen to you? I didn't mean well, that in a good this, way. <laughs> this is a big story. Um, I'm from Cuba. I was born and raised in Cuba. And um, in Cuba, I don't know, well, you probably know, it's a communist country. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us, baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, was forbid. But in Cuba, baseball is like wow. a religion. But when I was a little kid, if you get caught listening to Major League Baseball games, you would go to jail. That's how bad it was. So right now, it's a little bit better. Um, but my family, we all love baseball so much. My father is a big baseball fan, my grandfather. So they are, they're all Yankee fans because uh, in the 50s in Cuba, the games used to be broadcast on national Cuban television before Fidel Castro took over in 1958. So the, the, the games, you know, they broadcast the World Series games and the Yankees were like, you know, the best team in the 50s. Oh, yeah. So pretty much everybody was a Yankee fan or a Yankee hater, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, my father, my grandfather happened to be Yankee fans. And since I was a little kid, they told me about the Yankees and who they were. But we have to be so careful and we have everything has to be a secret in a um, to listen to the games. So we have a radio and every single night, my dad and I, we used to go, go on, on the radio and there was a lot of interference, right? Because the Cuban government always tried to interfere the interfere the radio signals from the United States. Um, but then in 1998, my dad gave me the biggest gift on planet Earth. He was saving money for like five years until he bought a, a satellite dish. It was completely illegal. This is completely illegal in Cuba. But he did it for me. And, you know, he took the risk for me, for the love that I have for the Yankees and for baseball. And then we have this big dish hidden in the backyard of our house to watch the games. And it was awesome. The first time that I saw the Yankees playing live, I was like crying of joy. Oh, I couldn't I believe imagine. I was watching a major league baseball game live on my television, which at, which at that time it was nothing but Russian cartoons and really bad novellas from whatever. <laughs> so I was so, so happy. And after that, you know, I started keeping the score of every single Yankee game ever. Like, I would never miss a game. I will always be there for every single game. And that's how the passion grew. And you've still been doing that, right? Keeping score of, of all course, the games? Of course, yeah. I, I have never missed a game. I'm still doing that. I can, like, take pictures of all the notebooks and that I have. I actually brought them from Cuba. When I left Cuba, I went to France to study in a university. And I the only thing I was carrying with me was the, the notebooks. And then after, when I when it was, um, I finished school, right? So I have to go back to Cuba. And I didn't want to do that, um, of course. Like, I mean, I, di- I didn't want to go back to, Cuba was like a big jail, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to go back there. Every, every Cuban always dreamed to, you know, find uh, freedom somewhere else. So I decided to come here to the United States. And uh, at that time, for us, for the Cubans, uh, it was simple. You just go to the Mexican border and you cross the border <laughs> and they just open the door for you. You just go into the United States and you got you got every single right and every single thing that you need. You will be legal. You will have everything. Yeah, so, a little um, different now. When I, get, when I got there and they opened my bag, it was nothing but notebooks. <laughs> and I remember the cop, the cop in the, in the, in the, in the border, awesome. he's like, what is this? And I'm like... That's that's the scorebooks from for baseball, and they were like, no, 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 we have to take a look at this, and they started looking into my, and I was like, please God, don't let them destroy my things because I'm gonna die, and they are like, how come you don't have, you don't bring anything else? I'm like, well, this is my life, my life is baseball, I love baseball like more than anything else outside my family and God, you know, and they are like, so I remember the guy in charge of like, you know, the the let's say that 
the coroner or whatever of that that day over there. Uh-huh. It was really tough. But once he left, the guy, the, the other cop, he's like, can I take a photo with you? Just in case I become <laughs> so famous cool. in the United States, so I already have a photo with you. And I was laughing, and he's <laughs> like, I can't believe that you are not even bringing shoes. I'm like, no, I'm just bringing these clothes, the baseball books, and 20 bucks that I have in my pocket. And that's how everything started. I came here and uh, I came to live in Miami. And actually that year was when the Marlin Park opened and they had an exhibition game uh-huh. with the Yankees. And I went right. I went to the game to see the Yankees playing live for the first time in my life. And I cried. I cried like a little baby because oh, I, I can't couldn't imagine. believe that I was watching the Yankees like right in front of me. That's incredible. Can I just what? say that you may actually win me over to the Yankees a little bit, which I can... Oh, no, Patty. Okay, wait, not, not wait. really, but a little bit. I, I totally get this and this love for the team and <laughs> yeah. for the game. It's really okay. very meaningful. And I maybe a little, maybe a little. And oh, you're just lucky that when you crossed the border, it wasn't a Red Sox fan that you, you met. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, I, I got to say that we have a little bit in common and both of us have gotten our fandoms from our fathers and our grandfathers because I'm a third generation Red Sox fan which I got from my dad taking me to Fenway Park when I was a kid and my grandfather. So so I think we need to get into this a little bit. So because the yeah, Red Sox and the Yankees are playing now this weekend and our series is tied at one to one with oh, yeah. uh, your Yankees under Sabathia winning eight to one over Rodriguez and the Red Sox on Friday. And then Chris Sale dominating yesterday. Was that <laughs> crazy or what? Backed up by some serious. Chris Sale is Sox. he's from another planet. He's one of the greatest pitchers I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. And he owns the Yankees, big time. Yeah, well, it's, I, 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 you know, you I flash back to Pedro Martinez, right? And you got to, I'm thinking they've got to tip their hat to sale now and call him their daddy, right? Because that was Martinez's line against, uh, against when he got beat by the Yankees. So I don't know. And, and Gray only lasted two and a third inning. Um, let's, let's go through these games a little bit and talk about some reactions to the first two games. Starting with Friday night, my big question to you, we've been talking about this a lot on our podcast. Um, how is Sabathia still standing up, let alone pitching like that? The man's 37 years old and 300 pounds. He looks like he's about to have a heart attack. And then he pitched a killer game on Friday night. Wh- where is this coming from? What do you think? I really don't know. He had that. Uh, you remember that he had that problem in his uh, knee, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he last started year. wearing this uh, thing that was protecting and like his leg. He he has no velocity at all. He's like 80, 81 miles per hour. He's slower than uh, than little Lee's. But uh, <laughs> I mean, his command is, is on point, right? And when you're when you're a veteran of so many years um, pitching in the big leagues, I mean, he has he know like the hitters. He's He's very into scouting reports, and that's what I've been listening to. He's really into scouting report. Like, he would go over every single hitter. Oh, but, well, Mookie Betts is, like, Mookie Betts is Sissi Sabatia's daddy. But at the same time, <laughs> it didn't he, work out he that can night, control though. the rest of the line. He cannot, yeah. he cannot get out like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts owned him. But the other guys, he was on point. You know, he was using that outside corner yep. and mixing velocity, which for him is like little least, but you know, he makes 81 or 83 with like 77 or 74. <laughs> that's his change. So up, right? I think that's that's the thing. That's how he, he do it. And let me tell you, he's he's getting he's putting numbers to um to be in to, to, to be in the discussion for a Hall of Fame, don't you think? It's I, I you know, I hate to admit it because there's something about him that I just can't stand. He just looks that the expression on his face. He looks angry. He looks bored with every yeah. game. And then he just lets it go. I guess you're right. I mean, he's been lasting a long time. And that, after that performance on Friday, I, I just 
wonder what's going to be happening next. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he's 242 wins in his career. His ERA is 368. So if he passed the 250, which I think is doable, over 250 wins in this modern baseball, I mean, he might have a chat. Uh, he's almost 3,000 struck out. So he's going to be – he's actually, he's 80 – I think it's 78 strikeouts away from 3,000. That's doable, too. Imagine if he reached 3,000 strikeouts and he passed the 250. That's that's all of my numbers, right? Yeah, I get it. All right, I'm going to shift over to sales because I like talking about that better <laughs> in Saturday night. What do you think about, and, and what do you think about Rafael Devers, uh, Carita, you know, from the Red Sox hitting a grand Carita. slam? Yeah, he's, he's really he's good. That, right in his face, he looks like a baby. And then he just grand slam first inning against Sonny Gray. That's pretty impressive he, for showing he's up. He's great. And, and, and do you stadium. remember last year that home run he has against Aroldi Chapman? Oh, yeah. To a fastball of 103? It's like he didn't know who he was, you know? It he didn't, it, yeah, he didn't even feel the pressure. Like, hey, mm-hmm. this is Chapman. He was like, yeah, whatever. I yeah. hate that big time home run that I still remember. Um, Yeah, he's a big time player. And um, the thing that I like about him is that, you know, normally second year is hard for, for rookies, right? Oh, yeah. Right. For him, it's been okay. I mean, we're talking about, oh, he's over 250, 14 homers. I think he's over 45 RBIs. He's really, he's really having like a good second season. Yeah. And I think was, we are far from seeing the best of him. Yeah. He was in a little slump a little while ago. And we were talking about this on our podcast a couple of weeks ago that Cora was giving him incentive by giving him Chipotle gift cards because he wasn't having the patience. He wasn't like waiting for the pitch. So he was in giving him this incentive of giving him a gift card if he would take a walk. Because he's no Juan Soto at the plate is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been watching the Nats and Juan Soto a lot. So I don't know. Tonight is the... the Tonight's big. Tonight's big. And you have Severino. And I've got to say, you know, Sabathia, I can poke fun at. Severino is scary. Like, what, he's do, you, scary. what do you think? I mean, he's, he's the um, absolute ace, would well, you say, at this point? I don't point? think you're going to like my answer. <laughs> All right. No, tell me. Give it to me. I, I can think take it. that Yankees are going to win. No, no, because I'm talking with my Yankee heart. Uh-huh. The thing <laughs> is that David Price, in his career against the Yankees, he's been, he's been bad against the Yankees. He's, he's been like Mookie bets against CeCe, that you know Mookie always hits CeCe. Oh, Yankees, most of the time, they always beat Price. And when you have a Severino on the mound, I mean, the odds are for the Yankees, but it's baseball. Yeah, and it's I, the Red Sox. And I it's think, the Yankees. It's the best two teams right now. So anything can happen. Yeah, to- totally. I think part of that, though, is that the Yankee lineup as it is now has seen Price a lot more than the current Red Sox lineup has seen uh, has seen Severino. So they know him better. And, they, and the more that they've seen him across the board, pretty much, the better their percentage of hit- hitting against him. So... I, I'm going to hold out hope, though, because I feel like Price is on a comeback. I'm a Red Sox fan. I got to say this. I, I hope that we win tonight, but I'm, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. I'm a little bit nervous about this. It's going to be a really good game. I'm actually doing my podcast tonight. At oh. And I'm for eight, so everybody's ready to watch that game. <laughs> Can I ask you about Torres? I just want to say that both you and I are fans of Ronaldo Torres. And, and if you know our podcast a little bit, We've chosen the guys that we like the best, sort of as people, as all-around guys we want to hang out with, right? They, we call them our baseball boyfriends. And I had to choose a Yankee, and I had choose, chosen Torres because of his spirit and his talent, and they sent him down. Like, what's with that? I know you wrote a blog post on it, but do you want to talk yes, about how you Yes, I want to talk now? about it. I still don't understand how he could be in the minor leagues. You know why? 
because when you have a guy like Torres on your team, you don't send him down. Right. Because not only what he what he can bring on the field, which he can play every single position in baseball, not only that, but the fact that he's the spirit of the Yankees in the clubhouse. And when you have that, you don't you don't you don't trade you don't send it to the minor, you don't trade that guy. It's like last year the chemistry that Top Racer brought to the Yankees, it was important. So sometimes people people forget that baseball is a lot mental. Like, you know, Yogi Berra used to say that yogiism that he said that eighty percent of the game is mental and the other half is physical. <laughs> right. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. It's it's true. He create he created an atmosphere around him that he's beloved in that Yankee clubhouse. I don't know if you know that his locker is still untouchable, like if the guy die and he's alive. He's yeah. like, his local room, nobody touched him. He's like, so why? It, and the thing is that they have a lot of pictures. And they don't use them all. You know, like Giovanni Gallegos. You know, that you don't use that guy unless you're winning by a lot. You're losing by a lot. Like last night. Instead of having that guy, bring to Reyes. You have an extra guy, a, an extra hitter on your roster. And anyway, you're using the pictures. Like Aaron Boone always use the same pictures. Over and over again, he, he only have that one or two pitchers that he will go if he's winning by 10 or losing by 10, you know? I I really, really think that if he brings him back, he's going to change, and they need him. They really need Torres for the playoff. He, plus, as a ball player, he's really good. Like, if we look into his his numbers, if we look into his um, statistics, this year he was hitting 323. Yeah, he was great. And, it was good. I, I, I was shocked. Yeah. Because and last year he hit two ninety two. This is a guy that can play every single position, and he plus he he um made the pitcher throw a lot of pitches, and that's important too. I'm I'm a big time fan of Torres. So I'm happy that he's your Yankee boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, speaking of that, with, to close out, we want to ask you who your boyfriends would be. Can you can you pick a Yankees boyfriend? Who would be your Yankees boyfriend? Well, if I would be a girl, I would pick a Yankee boyfriend. Let me think. Oh no, for sure. I don't have to think much. Right. It would be Giancarlo Stanton. Oh really? And <laughs> why? Is it the forearms? Well, I, mean, I think it's the forearms. I just he his butt looks so weird when he's if I, yeah. If I would be a girl, yeah, I will I will go with the Stanton though. Right, <laughs> he's big. Power? He's strong. All right. He looked good. He, he like that. He's like kind of he like that modeling thing, yeah. and he posed for the photos like he know he's posing for the photo. Yeah, he really Sometimes does. Sometimes I even think that when he's in the outfield, he's posing for like a photo. He's like, let me put this really nice position and let me put my biceps big, just in case somebody's <laughs> taking a photo. <laughs> could, could you humor me for a minute and pick a Red Sox boyfriend? If I would, oh no, JD Martinez. Oh yeah. Oh good man. All right. You and He's Cuban like me. I mean, I have to go with with the Cuban guy. All right, excellent. All right, you know, I think we're we're way beyond time, probably from the way everybody's looking at me. And I <laughs> wish I had time to get into it with you a little bit about your last blog post about the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. But maybe we can get together another time and talk about that. What do you? Think? Anytime you want me. Anytime right. you want me. If you want, we talk now. Otherwise, any anytime you want me, I'm here. Let's let's get back to that one because I'd I'd like to get that back into that a little bit but thank this was you. really fun thank you so much yeah love hearing about your no experiences Alfredo. we'll talk again soon okay no problem thank you so much guys all right bye-bye bye-bye i appreciate it god bless you all i could break into oh canada do you want to hear me you know I, about my singing i, I like oh the idea canada. i don't know no, i don't want to hear it though right. i don't actually want to hear it today but is, why tell me why it's canada day and do you know how i want to celebrate uh does it involve a goose or a big maple 
No, but that would have been a really good idea. <laughs> it in, it involves, believe it or not, Joey Votto. Why would it Cincinnati involve Joey Red- Votto? I Joey love him. Joey Votto but is from Toronto. He is not really? It, believe it or not. And actually, you know, even though he's my bo- my boyfriend from the Reds, I just found that out today. There's a lot of reason to talk about Joey Votto. One of the reasons why I chose him for our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League, my league, because I appreciated his eye. He has the ability to check out the strike zone, and he does not swing if it's not in the zone. This week, that led to some trouble because he saw that a couple of the calls against him were wrong, and he got into a little bit of trouble in it. First Wednesday, he was actually ejected in the first inning. Joey Votto, nicest guy in Major League Baseball, was ejected? It's really sad. He's only been ejected eight times in his career. And of those eight times, six of them were for arguing balls and strikes because he knows he's right. I bet he was right technically every single time, too. He was. Well, at least, (laughs) you know, that's my unbiased opinion. He must have been right. But this time he was right. Although in his interviews after the fact, he says that he was wrong because he argued it. He's also... You know, maybe he's a little bit better at for your boyfriend qualifications than this one. He's a law abiding kind of guy. And he said, I shouldn't have argued with the ump. And that's what it comes down to. Then again, the next night, there was what we like to refer to as a bench clearing conversation. Again, he was taking issue with the strike call and he was kind of doing this muttering, you know, is muttering loud enough that maybe the ump could have heard it. But definitely the catcher heard it. This and was a different team, too, right? The first one was against the Braves. This one was the Brewers. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And, and it was the Brewers catcher, Eric Kratz, who then made a comment that we're not quite sure what it is. At least we haven't heard it. Back to Vado, and there was a little bit of exchange of words and then there was a bench clearing conversation. You know, I saw it. the clip of this and it was weird. It was like Vado sort of argued for a second and then got bad in the, back into the batter's box like he was going to continue and then something happened that made him step back out and that must have been when the catcher talked to him. Yeah, and we're not entirely sure what they said. Both of them said it was a big deal out of nothing and the quote from Kratz was, we were discussing the Canadian dollar and flawed system <laughs> in our two governments. He was coming from a different side of it, and we were just discussing those kinds of things. So what a perfect antidote for Canada Day, right? Sure. And, and everybody did come out, even like from the bullpens. Every playing member of both teams came out. And that wasn't the only time that happened this week. It happened between the Mets and the Pirates, too, over the the pitcher calling, you know, a play at second base wrong when it was clearly fine. No one else was complaining, but everyone felt like they needed to come out. And I think part of it is because baseball is kind of a relaxed pace game and people Mm -hmm. had to stretch their legs. So I think they just come walking across for no apparent reason, just because it's the opportunity to. And with fewer mound visits allowed, you know, how else are you going to, you know, come out to the middle, say hi to your pitcher and do all that. So I think that's what's going on. But there do seem to be a lot of weird, I'm supposed to show up Mm -hmm. now, so I'm going to show up now. And it's getting a little bit old. Although I think that's there's a little bit of that like seeing your old friends kind of thing because I know in the in the Reds Brewers when there were guys with arms around each other or just kind of hanging out. I mean I want to you know, like make mic up some of these guys and see what they're actually talking about. <laughs> Maybe they just need a break. I kind of questioned that one a little bit. I thought that was the same thing too when I watched that clip and then I realized I think he's actually holding the other guy back a little bit oh, like okay. it looks like, but I think he's kind of holding <laughs> so it's him like back. A bear hug. It's more of, of a bear hug. It's, I think it's a preventive hug. It's like yes, I care about you and your well being and don't want the crap beat out of you. That's that is fair. what that is. That's yeah. really fair. I have a happy catcher story for you. 
Related to another animal, too. Bear hug into buffalo. Buffalo hugs. Our pal, Wilson Ramos, who we loved here for years as, as the Nats catcher, who wow. is now lighting things up in Tampa Bay as, as their catcher. And he is now leading the all-star voting for catcher, which is really exciting because he was on the all-star team for the Nats and then got injured and couldn't play in the game. And I'm so oh, right. happy that he's kind of going getting back in there. He's having a career year. He got four RBIs off of your boyfriend, Verlander. It's a little boy friend on boyfriend action here, I just got to say. And that was just stupendous. And I want to use that to remind everybody, all-star voting goes through July 5th. So if you haven't done your voting yet, get in there and do it. You can vote five times a day for a total of like 35 votes, I think. Get in there. And we've been having fun with our voting because of our whole paying attention to more teams than our favorites. We're following more guys and we're comparing how they're doing. And so we're picking people outside our usual zones, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. And I've been voting for the Buffalo like as a rule. He has been one of my just straight votes every time. Sometimes I get in there and I look and I see who's doing better and who's doing worse since the past time that I voted. And I go that way. But there are a couple that are just constant. Buffalo is constant. The second baseman, Altuve and and Scooter, gotta have them. My outfield is Betts, Benatendi, and Trout. And I know it's going to end up being Betts, Judge, and Trout. But, you know, I'm just you can not, only do what, what you got to do. And voting is important. Have we learned nothing? Voting is important. People get out there and vote. And and speaking of it's your good shirt, practice, actually, though, believe it or not, I've been voting for Machado. Have you really? Yeah. Wait, I'm watching out for lightning now. And my shirt is flammable. So it I'm really is. worried I'm sorry, about lightning. So don't talk about right, those he's things. He's my cuñado. He's his brother-in-law from my my Indian's boyfriend. So Otani is on the all-star ballot, even though he's not playing right now. So so there's some a little bit of news. Things mm. have changed for him since last we spoke. He was like out for the season last time we spoke, but it's different now. Yeah. And we, and we took a week off. So I get to say this again. Otani, watch. It's time to watch Otani again, to watch him come back. He is improving, and the doctor said that he can hit now. Is that a good idea? Is it okay to hit when he still can't pitch? What part of your elbows are you using for hitting and pitching? <laughs> you think that your elbow is important for hitting, right? You would think, but you would also think we should be able to trust the doctors on this. The weird thing is the position that it puts the angels in because he was supposed to be kind of like the extra DH, not the day-to-day DH. So what happens with 38-year-old Albert Pujols, who hasn't been playing on the field? He's only been been batting. Exactly. Yeah. And this year, already, he has played more in the field than he had the past two seasons combined. 38 years old, this is not what he wants to be doing. So back in February, my uh, my brother-in-law got my kid a present of, mm-hmm. of getting tickets to the O's to see the Angels play because Otani, oh my God, you get to see Otani. You get to see, you know, a little fun with Zach Cozart and the donkey. You can, you know, hang up, you know, hold, hold a sign and ask how the donkey's doing and see Mike Trout, great. right? So they went yesterday. No Otani. Zach Cozart is out for the season with a shoulder thing, and Mike Trout did nothing but walk. Two bases on balls. Oh, so, man. But we got ugly shirts. So my present was my ugly Orioles shirt, which I'm wearing today just to kind of tick off potty mouth because it's another, you know, AL East shirt. And because I, I'm worried about it might blind her and all of it, that. It's rough. So it it's one rough. of those. Yeah. No, Tani. Trout had a bad day, but I got this ugly shirt. And you're ready for the Baltimore Luau, which is going to be happening any moment. Let's clear Hanley Ramirez. Please, let's do that. It was a farce. It was a ruse. He was set up by somebody he thought was his friend. Hanley Ramirez is no longer under investigation for fentanyl. I was rumor mongering, but 
I, I think of it as a gift to Potty Mouth to let her defend him, like, to give her like, a platform for defending him. All right. Mirrors. I, I appreciate you framing it in that context because I was feeling guilty as shit the next day when I open <laughs> up Twitter and there's this tweet from Hanley saying, I, I really appreciate those of you who didn't didn't stoop to the level of, of passing these rumors about me because I was so obviously innocent. And I was like, oh, fuck, we had you, that in our last podcast. But you did not perpetuate the rumor. That was me. You come out looking great. So hooray for you. Yeah. Tell me about Big Sexy. We love you, Hanley. Hey. Hey, big sexy Bartolo Colon, our favorite 45-year-old, is at win number 245. He is at the top for Latino pitchers. Yay, big sexy. Yay, big sexy indeed. And I'm going to tell you something about another Reds pitcher. Last week, we, t- we said how unusual, how remarkable it was that a pitcher hit a grand slam. I thought you were going to say how remarkable it was that a pitcher was named Disco. Disco. That was also Disco. pretty remarkable. But so Disco hit a, a grand slam. We talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Another Reds pitcher hit a grand slam this week. This is mind-blowingly weird. There can't even be a record for this. So this is actually a relief pitcher who was batting as a pinch hitter. Okay, so he wasn't, like last week it was a starting pitcher who batted and did this. This is um, Michael Lorenzen of the of the Reds who has pinch hit three times in the past week. Each of those three times he has hit a home run. The last one was a freaking grand slam. This never happens and it happened. So who knows what we're going to say about Reds pitching next week. So Luke Heimlich. We talked uh, about Osuna last week. We're going to talk about Luke Heimlich this, this week. We kind of do because it's it's newsy this week, and it's newsy because of that damn Dayton Mora, the Royals. If you remember weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we talked about the general manager of the Royals had this porn causes domestic violence workshop during spring training, right? Yeah. For, for all of his players. So he's really focused on these things. And we were touting him for that, saying like, this is a positive move, perhaps. Well, we were saying that maybe he doesn't understand science. All right. Well, I mean, that, that was also part of that. So here's how this involves Luke Heimlich. If you've been paying attention, this has been in the New York Times. This has been in Sports Illustrated. This has been in a lot of places that Luke Heimlich, who is a pitcher for Oregon State, who just won the College World Series, is a convicted pedophile. When he was 15 years old, he pled guilty to molesting his six-year-old niece. Convicted. Convicted. Con- con- he, he pled guilty. That's right. So mm-hmm. it, it was, yeah, so he did it. He admitted he did it. It's horrible. And that's it. So it's a straight up, he said he did it. The MLB draft came up, and a lot of people predicted that nationally that 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 uh, the Major League Baseball was going to say, "Eh, he's one of the best pitchers in the country. We're going to yeah. pretend it didn't happen." That isn't the case. Not one team in all of MLB drafted him one of the best college pitchers in the country, which is kind of amazing. Interestingly, and weirdly, and yuckily, is that a word? Sure it is. Some teams actually did the calculus behind, okay, if we did draft a pedophile, what would that mean? Oh, that would mean two days of horrified social media, and then it would settle down and everybody would be okay. But still, nobody drafted him, which is kind of awesome. And now all of a sudden, Dayton Moore, Royals general manager, is saying, we're looking at him. Maybe we could bring him up through I'm the minor league system. real hypocrite. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of crazy and weird and yucky. And I almost never read the comments when I read a story on the interwebs because they're always gross and nasty. Oh, yeah. But I actually learned something. I let my eyes drift down to the comments. And I saw something that was interesting to me. Often in these cases where it's a white guy who's convicted of something and we let it go, it's because he's a white guy. Mm -hmm. And race is often a thing. And I was totally ready to write this off as race. And then 
last week when you pointed out that, you know, the the suspension for Asuna was less than suspensions for, for drug-related or suspected drug-related Right, the PED issues. stuff. The PED stuff, right? And why is it, why do we care more about drugs than we do about crimes, we sexual assault? the media and MLB apparently to our eyes. Yes, not us personally exactly. because we are not those people. No. And one of the comments to one of these articles said, because this, because people who care about sports hate it when you do things that affect your ability to play sports, which would be drug related things or whatever. But that other stuff, crimes against women and all of that doesn't affect you your know, ability to be a good baseball player. That, Absolutely. I've got to say. And I did not Absolutely think of that. that. That hadn't occurred to me as this is the thing. This is exactly the thing that why drugs are treated differently than sexual assault. And I think this person who made this comment on the interwebs has got something going. Along those lines, the pitching coach for the Detroit Tigers, Chris Basio, was fired this week for a racial slur against an employee of the Tigers. One of the clubhouse attendants called him a monkey and then said, oh, oh no, no, sweet. no, I wasn't talking to him. I was referring to one of my pitchers as a spider monkey because he makes funny faces and he's a skinny white guy. Which is also really uh, right. And, and and that guy, that pitcher said, no, he's never called me that before. And there were witnesses who said, no, that's not what happened. But the Tigers acted quickly and decisively. They had like a 48 hours of internal investigation. They interviewed witnesses and they said, you know what? He completely violated the uniform employee contract. He violated team policy. He's out. And they acted quickly and decisively. So there's some good news on the character and crime in baseball. Can I talk about naked people now? <laughs> Please. If you must. Oh, my God. If you I must. Know, I know you're like, you eyes know what? are so rolling potty mouth so makes much. me feel like a prude. I don't think I'm a prude. And yet, in contrast, I am so much a prude. ESPN body issue. Two baseball players and a softball player. And they are fucking gorgeous in different ways. I want to talk about Lauren Chamberlain first. This powerful woman softball player for the USSA Pride out there in all her glory, tattoos, body, strong body, and not your typical like wafy female model. And her interview is so cool because she's like, I have power in my thick thighs. Like, this is what I enjoy. This is what makes me do my sport well. I think she's a great role model to be out there naked for our young people to look at. I mean, I really think that's a cool thing. You, you don't think that's cool? I'm just thinking, had you led with strong woman right. and, you know, all that, I would have been much more into it. Then let's talk about naked people. Well, then we can get into Puig and Keiko. Do we have so to? This, this is the best part. All right. Yasiel Puig. Define best. Yasiel Puig, our favorite bat licker. Let's Define go back bat to that. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> He's not licking the bats in the photos. But, you know, we've got to post these because you've got to go there and see him jumping joyfully spread eagle with this, like, big tray of peanuts covering the only thing that has to be covered covered in this photo and everything else just in all its glory. And his interview is fucking hysterical because he talks about how he's like not even from this planet. He thinks he's from Mars because when he goes crashing into the wall, he doesn't feel it. I think it's because he's used he was used to in Cuba when we were talking to to Alfredo about this. Maybe he can back this up that the walls weren't padded. And he was just so used to like bashing into these. That hard could walls. explain a lot. The bashing into not paddle <laughs> right. walls could explain a lot. I'm gonna move on. But, well, wait, wait, Del, no, please, Del's Keiko, please. Del's oh Keiko. God, he. You can watch him if you go to ESPN. You can watch him pitch naked. Just you see the wind up, you see the throw. It's all from the backside. Things are artfully covered. But he goes into detail though about grooming. 
about his beard and how important that part of his grooming is, as you can see his body. Which brings us to mustaches. Last week, we talked about Ichiro's fake mustache. We're going to tell you two mustache stories from this week, and they're one sentence each. One of them is Alex Bregman of the Astros shaved his mustache between innings. During a game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the radio announcer claimed it's because he's very superstitious and a little bit weird. The other little bit weird mustache story is Tanner Rourke, who shaved off lots of things and left sort of a Frank Zappa if Frank Zappa ate a lot of extra cheeseburgers. (laughs) But I think it's working for him. So that's this week in grooming. The Nationals are hosting the Red Sox this week, so Potty Mouth and I may be a little at odds. We may be yelling at each other and not as civil as we usually are, but we're going to do our best. And between the two of us, we've got the three games covered. I'm going Monday, Tuesday. You're going Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll see what happens. So many fireworks. So many. So many. Fantasy Baseball League, no change. We got nothing. Nothing. Except for I'm Sloan first. Yay. Yay. Hooray for you. Hope you have fun celebrating the 4th of July. If you celebrate the 4th of July, take your fireworks any way you can get them. Please subscribe and rate and review on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Your shirt is so ugly. How How ugly is it? (laughs)